0: Hello, baby!
1: You're listening to my perfect playlist with me, Mark Nelson. Hello, welcome, thank you for joining me on episode 6 of My Perfect Playlist. Hope you're enjoying the podcast at home. My guest today is the stand-up comedian and comedy writer Elaine Malcolmson, who is also the star of the BBC's Soft Border Patrol. She's a brilliant stand-up, very, very laconic, very, very unique style. She's won loads and loads of awards for her comedy writing the uh, also was probably the closest we've had so far to my kind of taste in music so it's a cracking chat very very relaxed because me May- it was the first one that i've been able to do since lockdown ended in glasgow so it was the first one in person an actual person in my house it was incredible so uh, i hope you enjoy this episode six with the wonderful elaine malcolmson elaine malcolmson Welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thank
2: you for having me, Mark.
1: This is probably of all the people I've had so far, this is probably the closest to my kind of type type of music, right. my taste in music, so far.
3: Okay,
2: well, it uh, seems like that might happen.
1: Yeah, which is, I mean, and, it, and it's, it's there's some absolute cracking, cracking songs. Good because we've we've talked about music a lot since we've known each other. Yeah, yeah. And we've been uh, we've been a, we've been a quite a few like. One of the last kind of music things I went to was the festival where Noel Gallagher was headlining. Oh, God, yeah. yeah.
2: We really, really annoyed some people because I was determined to get on your shoulders and get yeah. under the ground. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, yeah. I was not going to give up on that. <laughs> <laughs> didn't that happen, a, didn't That happen. was a cracking wee
1: That was really good. At. What's it called again?
2: Was it Electric? Something or oh
1: Ele- wait, was it electric fields? Oh look at us in yeah, our age, can't like remember <laughs> the festival I we know. went to. Because the gig, the, we did comedy at it, and the gig was horrible. It, like was. it was utter shite.
2: I was really hungover and tried to explain white male
1: privilege to a man in the front row. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Went really badly. And did you change his? No, shoes?
2: he he left, which is probably what I wanted. <laughs> change from that anyway. <laughs>
1: Opening track.
2: Oh, wait, just remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> we saw Gary Perry together as well. God, yes, we did. <laughs>
1: Fuck. How can we not talk about that? Uh, <laughs> so, this would. Is this 2000. And, oh, what? I
2: feel like it's like five, six years ago.
1: Because I can't remember if the kids had been born or not. I think they had.
2: Yeah.
1: But uh, it was Radio 1's big weekend yeah. uh, at Glasgow Green. The lineup was phenomenal.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, and then we went to see Kasabian.
2: Cassabian in, in the tent. tent. Churches.
1: Churches were in on. the tent. Um some other name? some
2: other young people's yeah. music.
1: And then the headliner on the Saturday night was Katie Perry. Katie Perry. Who I love. Yeah. I, I really think Katie Perry is amazing. Um and
2: We made um, you go up on the big wheel during Katy Perry. Yeah. And you we're
1: not very pleased. No, though. no. I, I was because I hate big wheels. I hate Ferris wheels. I, I, it's something that I've got got a fear of heights now mm. that I never had when I was younger. I don't know if you can develop fears. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I was convinced to go up the Ferris wheel while yes. Katy Perry was on,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I had to I had to basically mainline poppers. Yeah. To try and, and get like, myself. Yeah. put your head between panicking. your legs. Yeah. 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 And I think it was fireworks. She so was doing it. Great experience. Yeah.
2: Katy Perry fireworks. <laughs> 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 Up a first wheel really, that you didn't want to be. Yeah, you know? yep,
1: yeah. Yep. 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 Right, opening track, "Born Slippy" by Underworld.
2: what other track like I'd i know. probably if i put more thought into it but this thing's a wee bit hack but Not it is it. a big belter
1: it is amazing
2: and has stood the test of time because that must have been what 95, 96? 95
1: 96 yeah because it's used in train spotting mm. and it's uh, and they didn't even want to use it because they they were kind of fed up of their songs being used in things about kind of rave culture and they thought oh, it's just gonna be another film that glamorises all oh, this okay. and then they it was Danny Boyle invited them to the studio to watch like a first cut of train spotting and immediately they just they went, went Yep.
2: It. Yeah, so I remember it I I grew up in a in quite a small town but it had like one of the best nightclubs in Northern Ireland and people would come in by bus to see superstar DJs mm-hmm. and I was not that into Superstar DJs. My best pal at the time, her dad ran the taxi service in Banbridge. So knew all the doormen of the clubs. So we would never queue to get mm. in. And I couldn't even tell you what DJs whoever were on, but we just went to the club and always Bounce Slippy was yeah. the tune.
1: It's amazing because when I was listening to it, when I put the playlist together on Spotify, the minute that initial kind of... Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't even know, computerized noise, but immediately I get taken back to yeah. that time of life. Yeah,
2: it's, and it does have a big link to the film, but you kind of go beyond that to your own.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's a big. I was reading all about it, and it's it, it's actually about like it's it's, it's like a kind of cry for help
0: wow.
1: because they were both massive alcoholics. So it was Great. a kind of cry for help or that. And it was like the kind of uh, staggering about, not knowing where you are kind of thing. And whereas now, yeah. because of a lager, lager, lager but it's properly an anthem for yeah, drinking, which <laughs> intended at all. That's quite
2: bad. I think if I'd known that at the time, I would have maybe not been
1: yeah. <laughs> into it in the same they, way. I mean, obviously they play it, because they, they say it's like it goes down incredible. After, after 25 years, it still yeah. goes down amazing when they play it. Next one a song that reminds you of your childhood. And you basically put any Irish country dancing.
2: Yeah, country. No, no. Or oh, just country song? Just country or country gospel.
0: hands have red hair.
2: So my mom really listened to country music and not people that like you would have heard of, like there's a big like local country scene mm-hmm. in Ireland and my big memory is there's a radio station called Radio Star Country, which was sounded like just a man like under the stairs playing like Irish country and gospel music. And it was broadcast from just over the border, so we would pick it up like medium wave or something. And we only had this um like clock radio. So my mum would play this through this this like crackly reception through this crackly clock radio. And on a Sunday night it was particularly gospel and mm-hmm. she would play it when she was doing the ironing. So I think I have this like Sunday dread constantly and <laughs> country music and gospel music. It just takes me back to that. Yeah. Cr- and Radio Star so Country is still, still going, I think it's got more gospel mm. in it now, but it's always like, do you know, ads, like take your local radio station and then make it even smaller. So it'd be like, oh, do you, anybody needs their lawnmower sharpened phone pal? Like, <laughs> <and> like <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> if, does anybody need any spare uh, cr- briquettes for the fire this week? Just phone John. And <laughs> who's got the charm for psoriasis like that? Kind of <laughs> kind of cha- coming through a clock radio. Well,
1: because cause I talked to uh, uh, where I I'd had Ryan Cullen on uh, this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking to him about how amazingly popular country music is Mm. in Ireland Mm -hmm. like and to the point where I didn't realise how huge it actually was it kind of blew my mind because I was like I don't understand why it's
2: insane
1: it's just
2: I don't know if it is like the gospel connection Uh to it that it kind of off but um, I must have told you this before as well there was a summer I did like a roadie for a country and western
0: singer oh yeah, Yeah. yeah
2: so she was like like quite young She just you you kind of imagine country to be for older people, but she just people loved her, and I think it was maybe because she was a bit younger. But she just did covers, and she'd go around like fairs and festivals and things, and just sing along to backing tracks. Like I don't know if she was actually playing the guitar or not, (laughs) but she and I'd like drive her van and help her set up her speakers or whatever, and then sell her CDs and DVDs. But it was that kind of you know DVDs would just be her, like, miming and walking down the side of a mountain oh, kind amazing. of thing. Yeah.
1: Was Yeah. Did you not get really pissed at one of them? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What happened again?
2: That was... This, 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 some details may need to be <laughs> redacted. <laughs> but, um, so the 15th of August is, like, the ancient Hibernian's version of the 12th of July. Right, okay. But there's, like, a... I think it's, like, a week or a fortnight festival. It's always on one point. And uh, so we went down and we're doing the CDs and DVDs. And oh, the, I mean, the shame of it was, it was the day of the Oma bomb, but nobody, cause, in those days, cause it was like social media and nobody really had mobile phones. The news didn't come through, so we just got absolutely steaming. And I ended up in a, like a, a kind of a very Republican situation. <laughs> and, a marquee near Kamloch, uh, like outside Newry. And it was this band called, I think it called the Flan Pigs and it's still, I think they still tour America and stuff, but they were like trickler mm-hmm. jumpsuits and sing quite Republican songs and that uh, obviously goes down quite well in America. But I sh- should add at this point that I was the uh, only Brought up Protestant mm-hmm. in that, and there was a lot of fear amongst the people I was with that I was Stephen <laughs> and started singing the wrong words to the wrong song, but we got away with it. Uh. <laughs> but that was the sort of thing you'd end up Aye. with with Brona, Brona Stewart, stage name Bonnie.
1: Bonnie, Bonnie mm. Stewart. Mm-hmm. Nice.
2: I think she sings with her husband now.
1: Aye. Still country music? Still country. Aye. Never leaves you. Never leaves Aye. you. There. What was it like growing up in Ireland? I don't know, that
2: kind of thing. Um, Well, you know, well, the thing of, if we, if we talk about sort of music situation, we, we kind of weren't allowed nice things like this. Oh. We, anytime I was speaking to anyone from Northern Ireland, we're like, "Oh, remember when we weren't allowed nice things?" And so you could be into music, but like never get to a gig. And like, as I lived in a small town, we didn't have a car. Public transport was like just basically non-existent. There were times where you just wouldn't go to Belfast. Yeah. So you'd read about back. Like I was obsessed with like Select magazine and Q magazine, and like just live for like their free cassettes. And Mm -hmm. there's a radio uh, program still going on Radio also called Across the Line, and it was like where you would hear new music. And so it's difficult because you like I didn't really have live music until I was much older. Like and then. Like, I went to see the Cranberries when I was, like, 15 or 16 in Maysfield Leisure Centre. Like, you were allowed in nice all thing, but I had to be in the yeah. <laughs> leisure centre. And just, lo- like, just blew my mind. And yeah. I thought I just went totally mental and passed out. And <laughs> just, like, someone that, you know, Aye. never had a thing before and then got it. And then I saw Deacon Blue, but they were, like, playing in an ice rink. Nice.
1: Know? On the ice?
2: Yeah, just through some carpet over the ice. and so they burnt. Had, oh, the one perform
1: dignity well doing a triple self yeah. and stuff. Like that.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, the mu- music was was difficult, and I suppose a bit of me was always like Northern Ireland, like the punk scene and things was a it was a bit before me, and then it felt like there wasn't really a scene. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there was in Belfast, but again, there was nothing near me, and I went through a real phase of just going to Dublin all the time because the bus to Dublin went through my town. So I'd go to Dublin and go to like Golden Discs and that's where i buy CDs and spend time in Dublin. Like, made pals down there and just stayed down there a bit. And I think that's probably partly why I got into the Cranberries. It just felt like, you know, Ireland has proper culture and Northern Ireland just has... People be angry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but obviously it wasn't the case because then, you know, Ash came about and yeah, there was a, a, other Northern Ash bands, but it just felt Northern Ash music scene just felt very away from me because although Belfast was just twenty minutes like drive down the road, it was just difficult to yeah. get there, and you probably at times wouldn't have gone on your own and wouldn't have wanted to get buses into the city and. And the same like Derry. Derry was like a whole other world because that's like a couple of hours away. But yeah. I'm sure there was a music scene there, but it was just and not not near me and Aye, so not it accessible just, enough. yeah, just to... so I just listen to radio and yeah. And then like I mentioned, we had uh, this massive like dance club <laughs> in Bad Bridge, and people would come to it, and they started, I guess, about. Ninety five, ninety six, And they did like an indie night On a Wednesday mm. In the tiny upstairs space And that was just brilliant Yeah Just brilliant
1: Because that's for the song That you picked uh, For reminding you of being a teenager Is Sleeper Yeah What do I do now? What do I do now? Are we going to What did I do
0: now? I thought we
2: I had the lyrics written inside my biology folder. Nice. And just desperate, desperate nice. for...
1: Louise Winner was one of the coolest people. I remember being that age. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think the It Girl came out in 95. Mm. And so I'd be 15. And I remember seeing her on like The Word. First of all, I'd be going, this is, she looks cool mm-hmm. as fuck. And then having the, the weird hormonal teenage boy thing, like, <laughs> yeah oh my God, I think I'm in love with this woman in like, love with
2: women yeah. I'm sure you weren't the only one, yeah, but the, yeah, that, and just memories of hearing like that song played really loud for the first time, mm. and so like i didn't didn't get to see them live, but to be in like a space with lots of people, and to hear that loud is just yeah. like yeah just throwing bare balls about and just being.
1: It's it <laughs> amazing like that I remember those kind of indie discos.
3: Yeah.
1: That I don't think I don't think now people would I don't think they'd accept not accept it now, but I don't think they'd see what was enjoyable about a disco or a nightclub that would play guitar based music. Yeah. Because because there was dance, obviously. Yeah there yeah. Was, 'cause nineties dance was incredible. Yeah. So there was that, but there always was another room. Where it was, and I suppose it's like R and B and stuff now. There'll be another R and B type room, but it's just that kind of
2: guitar music.
1: Because it's not, it's not the most accessible to dance to. So there was never any real dancing. It was shuffling, is what you did. Yeah, Um, yeah. Put
2: one hand in the air every now and again.
1: Yeah, exactly. Aye. Yeah. And then, and then now and again, there would be a song that would kind of pick it up from. Like Stone Roses were always really good at that. And then what? uh, Like perfect indie disco song. Is Mister Brightside by the Killers? I think.
2: Yeah, but then that's that came, like came well came later, w- but... much later. But yeah, and it's like, like it would fit into
1: Britpop. Oh god, yeah, yeah, because like, they were so obsessed with Britpop themselves. Yeah,
2: it's... but it's just like, well, I suppose now you get nineties indie nights.
1: Yeah, I refuse to go to them because it's. Oh Mark. But it's because no, I, I mean I would give
2: in to your desires. I would
1: because <laughs> I've been to like one of those eighties retro right. nights yeah. and I had a fucking great time. Yeah. But it's because I was a wee boy when I was eighties, so I can I can appreciate the kind of catch yeah. value of it. Whereas if I went to a nineties night now, I'd just be furious because I think they're not doing it right. I think they'd be taking the piss. What kind of teenager were you?
2: Probably very mediocre at everything. <laughs> So <laughs> mediocre at being a rebel. Such an
1: Irish. Yeah, <laughs> mediocre
2: at being good at school. Like just never quite cracking it. Mediocre at sports. Yeah. You know, just try everything yeah. and just be average at it. Yeah. My best pal's dad owned a taxi firm, so if we ever ended up anywhere, like really steaming and in a an state, there would always be one of the taxi drivers mm. would just come and scoop you up and go, early right. oh, and get in the car. You're right. going home now." Because right. this one night. And this started a a craze. So they used to close off like the town centre at night so no one could bomb it. Which, Mm. (laughs) when you think about it now, it's like (laughs) okay. Mm -hmm. Um. So the the main two main streets had these massive gates on and they closed it. But Banbridge has this underpass in the middle. This really old underpass. We were really drunk one night. And it was Christmas, it was fairy lights underneath the underpass. And we just walked up like the main the main road and just lay underneath the underpass with oh, the fairy nice. lights. And it was just amazing. You knew, because there's police cameras everywhere, you knew they're probably sitting, you know, in the police station just laughing at yeah. these two idiots. And then just had this, this Sarah, Elaine,
0: get your fucking arses down here
2: now. <laughs> and it was. My pal's mum was at the very bottom of the town, and she'd obviously been sent to find her son. Anyway, it was just screaming like from one end of the town to the other to get back in the car. So then, any time the fairy lights were on the bridge, the thing was to go in. W- lie in the, the main um,
1: road. The uh, I genuinely like because obviously not grown up there, like that idea that they would close a town. Yeah, so you didn't bomb it. It's like there's. Um, scene at the end of the first series of Derry Girls
0: mm. when
1: they're going on the school bus and there's just soldiers coming on to search the bus. Yeah. So it's just soldiers rocking up, yeah. carrying machine guns, Yeah. just walking on a school bus. So
2: that would happen a lot if you were getting the bus into Belfast. Uh-huh. So it just, just didn't, just didn't feel nice. So Aye. although you got used to it, you're like, do you want to do that and have all the questions asked? It's of inc- you know.
1: But it's incredible at that. Like looking at it now, that that would ever be a thing. Yeah, the fact that armed soldiers would just get on board the bus. a school bus yeah. is just.
2: Yeah, like I remember. Yeah, well, you know, soldiers on the streets. But I remember the first time I saw them, like walk past our house. Wow! And then the next time you see that image of you know in their in their sort of formation and one the back is the mm-hmm. radio guy. I don't know that. Uh, specific military terms. Um, I think radio guy. Think the that's, radio that's guy. probably what they call him as well. Um, and you know, the, you know, they walk forward a bit, and then they turn around, walk backwards a bit, and you know, one will jump behind a hedge for a little bit, and that sort of thing. And then the next time you see that, and it's like in Iraq or something, and yeah. you are like, that was, fuck yeah, that was like going past my front door. Yeah, like, that that feels. Pretty strange. That is,
1: that's insane.
2: I think it was just because you grew up with it, you were used to it, and then constantly going out in the car and being stopped by the army and where you go and, like, where have you been, all that kind of stuff, and just a weird thing to be used to. Aye. Yeah. Like, we weren't too bad where we lived. Um, Just a few times they tried to uh, bomb bridge because there was a courthouse that they would use instead of Newry, and so they tried to disrupt court cases by blowing up the courthouse which is
1: completely... I mean it's say what <laughs> you want, but it's an effective case. It method. is
2: very effective. Um so that was really near our house and there's a few times they they managed to get a bomb to go off there rather than it be diffused. And there's one night we were like actually evacuated in the in the middle of the night. And again that's like a weird thing to go oh yeah mm. we're evacuated in the middle of the night. But it was a big laugh. Because <laughs> like, the guy, there's a pub at the bottom of the hill and the guy from the pub just went to a really nice guy and he just went and bought loads of like biscuits and food and everything for everybody from like whatever service station was open. And I think he had to phone to get them to open the service station because the middle of the night we were on this church hall and he just started playing the piano and it was a bit of a sing song. And... I think I had some really bad flu and threw up over an Ulster Unionist counsellor, so so I had to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the name of your, you, uh, you ever write your autobiography <laughs> the title "The Night I Threw Up Over an yeah. Ulster Unionist." It's <laughs>
2: never like back in Northern Ireland. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, right, we'll do some quick ones uh, now. Song that always gets you dancing, and you—I love this song, uh, "Dancing on My Own" by Robin. I'm in the corner watching you kiss her. Oh,
0: I'm right over here. Why can't you see me? Oh, I'm giving admire. But I'm not the
2: guy. So this only got introduced to me seven or eight years ago, and a pal, Cal. Um and we were at a fortieth birthday and we were on Belladrum, drum and we went to like a party afterwards and he was like obsessed with the song and I don't think I'd really listened to Robin before. You just have to dance that and then you're dancing to it and you're like, This is really sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's really
1: basically the end of a club and yeah. this girl's been watching her ex. Yeah. Basically pulling another person. Yeah. And you're kinda of going That's oh. Do you here's the thing we were discussing this i was discussing on friend the other day what do you in in northern ireland is there a word for because i'd always use pulling mm. well, well actually i hadn't used pulling it, the way it was brought up was because i'd said in a, a whatsapp group about somebody getting off with someone yeah and there was english lads in it that went what are you talking about and i was like oh that's when you're yeah. kissing someone like that's that's what we called it growing up getting off with someone yeah and then someone else checked in, or oh, we'd call it winching. Yeah. So I was there it a word? Was then? Probably
2: pollen. it was the same. Aye. Yeah. Shifting. That's Sh- there you go, aye. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we would have said pollen, but um, further south you would say shifting. Shifting. Which I I don't know. It's hard to imagine that as.
1: Yeah, they're all quite. They're quite weird terms. Quite a-
2: aggressive.
1: They are. They're all aggressive. Yeah. Um, because I mean shifting. Shifting is like somebody's parked illegally over your drive, <laughs> and you've called shifting. a load of guys to yeah. help you push it down the hill. Yeah, that's, that that's what I'd say. Shifting, winching, is just it's the same. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're all car metaphors. Pulling, yeah, yeah. pulling, yeah, yeah. I think shifting is the shifting's is the really good. I... Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine someone. Going, oh. I was shifting whoever last night oh where did you put like where did you Aye, take where did you take them <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah where to yeah
1: yeah, yeah. it uh, does shifting it it's kind of it's it invoking kind of like people that dump their sofa <laughs> the, beside the side yeah. of a motorway yeah, Like <laughs> just shifting it. the sofa <laughs> N- uh,
2: none of them are nice
1: best song for a road trip mm. you've basically picked anything by Arcade Fire <laughs>
2: size of the sound that they make just feels like it works. Um, Have you seen them?
1: I've seen them live. I saw them at the SECC. Yeah. And they were awesome. Awesome. I was a bit too pissed to remember it. Because they put
2: on a good show. Yeah. There's a documentary as well um, that they did about one of their albums. I can't remember which one it was, but it was quite Latin American. And it was them like going... I presume to Rio to the carnival and, and like picking up all these influences and then going back to the studio um, the, the irony is you couldn't fit Arcade Fire in your car because no. there's too many of them yeah Um, I don't know if that's it's always the same people I don't know I, the think, same, I think they can the kind
1: of, I think they drift out. I think they'll be the core yeah and then they drift in and out with musicians yeah because I'm what? a big fan of huge bands yeah
2: big noise
1: yeah Big bands. I remember going to see the Polyphonic Spree. Oh, goodness. And there must have been about 40 of them on stage. Uh, just tons and tons like, and tons that, of them.
2: How do you uh, even sound check? I
1: don't even know. Uh, and, 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 like, touring must be a <laughs> <Like, laughs> Just, I mean, like,
2: it, one big bu- literal bus, yeah. like a megabus. Yeah, just need to
1: book out a whole hotel. But, yeah. And there's a lot in Arcade Fire. Yeah. There's a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Because the, the, the gig I saw that was the one they did in, like, a boxing ring.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So you could yeah. go
2: like nearly round, like nearly in the round, and it was busy, busy Hour boxing ring.
1: Aye, full. Aye,
2: full space. No, they're a great band. Um, so yeah, they're good. I suppose things with organs in are good for driving. Mm-hmm. Or another one that was good for driving was Natalie and Julia Torn. That's oh, a good driving song.
1: Yes, which I didn't know was a cover. Is
2: a cover. Yeah. I, I listened to it actually a couple of months ago and thought that's a really grim song if you think about it yeah. in a certain way. I don't think it, you are supposed to think about it in no. that way, but
1: it, I I love Torn by Natalie Imbruglia. That whole album. Ah, it's cool because uh, randomly the other day on my Spotify shuffle, uh, there are our other big song, Big Mistake. Come mm-hmm. on, a fucking cracking song that is.
2: What age were you still at school when that came out? Um. Because I think I Possibly, was... Possibly,
1: I think it would be about sixth year.
2: I think at first year uni I was listening to Natalie and over yeah. and over again.
1: Walk-on music. Yes. You've gone for the band, Ash yeah. Uncle Pat. I set up
0: this morning down the road
2: That song, which was from the first EP, it's just a good old. you know when people say, "Oh, you want to get the right walking music?" It starts to be a bit soft for so many seconds, and then it goes right up, and and I think it does that. But I just like it's just that song, you would just want to walk around to yeah, as well, yeah. Because it was in, it was in a Heineken ad in like maybe ninety five. And it was just like people just walking around Amsterdam drinking Heineken. And I think I went to Amsterdam the next year and I was like, yeah, I'm in Amsterdam <laughs> drinking Heineken. Like, check me. Yeah. Um. I just, yeah, I just really got into that. It's funny that like, you could do this whole playlist just with Ash songs. Yeah. Of like reminding you of different different times. Um. We got, there's so a girl who came to our school in sixth year from down high and we were like worshipped her because she had.
1: To go with ash wow because i love i love like th- i love the way they described it when with the with the amsterdam thing because with this question i'd always wanted it to be not just walk on music but you know when you see when you're walking about a city or something uh-huh. and a song comes on your earphones at exactly the right moment like yeah. you stepped off the tube in london yeah, yeah, yeah. and the, the minute it hits yeah and it, it feels like you've got your own soundtrack yeah you feel like you've that's got it. someone soundtracking your walk to somewhere. Yeah,
3: because
2: like, for a walk on music, I usually use Arcade Fires Ready to Start. Mm. Does what it says in the tent. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But Teenage Kicks, like, I know. that's another one of them. It's just like, I find I'm, it, I'm walking
1: here. I find it terrifying when I think about how young Ash were Yeah. when they were releasing that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like so young, like 16, 17 yeah. when they were releasing... I think they were all 17 when 1977 came out. Yeah. And I mean, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah. I mean, imagine that being your school band.
1: I, f- I mean, I Unbelievable. Because you yeah. went to see them live a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, the first time I saw them was, and this is kind of a play back to we weren't allowed nice things when we were growing up. But then all of a sudden, post-97, you were allowed all the nice things. So... Belfast had these amazing, like New Year gigs, and they were like a practice up to the Millennium. Mm-hmm. Is this
1: after the Good Friday Agreement? Yeah, yeah. right.
2: So for the, in into the year two thousand, we were watching Ash play at the front of the City Hall in Belfast, and you could never imagine yeah. that ever happening. And then that was it. And it was the place was just packed full of people, and it was amazing. But they had. Like, Jules Holland, like, we spent New Year with Jules Holland oh, one year, like,
3: oh,
1: yeah,
2: crazy. So it was just like, you haven't had nice things for so long here are,
1: here are all the all things. nice things. Yeah. But
2: then we went to see Ash in the garage, yeah, just a couple of years ago. And it was just, like, old people like us trying to crowd surf. Yeah. And it was interesting watching, like, the security staff, because it was like they'd never seen anyone crowd surfing before, because mm-hmm. I think... The use of people just filming things on their phones, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden there's like these massive middle-aged men like just coming at Brilliant. them, and it was perfect because they just just got sent round and they just did it on a loop. Uh, yeah, like, they yeah, weren't put yeah, out yeah, like yeah. it would have been put out. They just carried on.
1: Ah, class. It was just Ash actually Ash inspired one of the questions that I've got when I was making up the idea for this playlist mm-hmm. with the bonus track because their album. Because it used to happen a lot in the 90s with CDs where if you left the CD running after 20 minutes, yes. a whole other song would suddenly
3: yeah,
1: appear. Yeah, yeah. And with Ash did it completely differently, you had to rewind 1977 to get the first song. On, so,
2: on the CD? On the CD,
1: yeah. Because um, I, I didn't even know you could rewind the no. CD. So yeah, you, you started track one and then immediately pressed rewind. And it would take you back to a song prior to the first song. That's mad. And cool. And they had a they had a bonus track at the end, which after you had to wait ages. It was about half an hour. Yeah. With a CD playing, and then it was them on a night out, all being sick in the street.
2: Yes. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah. Like it's. I remember at the time, pissing myself laughing at yeah. it because they are. I think it, I think it, it's the bassist that is properly, hurt. And every single time he spews. It's even more of a noise, so the rest of them are cracking up, laughing. Next one best song from a film. Yeah. And you picked Jesus and Mary Chains, Just Like Honey. From Lost in Translation. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's such
3: a
2: good song. But I've
1: never seen Lost in Translation. Oddmarred, no. Genuinely. It's one of the, It's one of those gaps in my...
2: I can't believe film that. ...film
1: knowledge. That, cause I, I don't... Because I love Bill Murray. Yeah. And I love Scarlett Johansson. Why has this not just, happened? I don't know. It's just one of those films that's completely passed me by. But
2: I'm going to have to get you the DVD.
1: And is it you... So is, it, is it you? As far as I know, it's used in the kind of end.
2: Yeah. I think it might appear somewhere else in it, but yeah, it is at the end. But it's just that like the whole film... Like I bang on about it all the time and I've made people watch it and it varies from mm oh, right, okay to what was what is that? What is the story? And you're like, Well, it's not it's not really a story, it's more of like I think, like a mm. feel it's less like a soothing film to watch and it's about a lot of things but that song just falls into the whole feeling of it yeah. perfectly. See now I feel like I'm gonna give you Spoilers,
1: but no, no. I will watch it. I'll I'll try. I'll I'll watch it this week. It's hugely
2: funny in places, and you can tell there are bits where he's improvising, and Mm. he's just amazing at it. Um, and I'd say it's just worth watching for that. Aye, it's just calming.
1: Yeah, they're very good band for soundtracks using Mary Chain. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard them, and I'd never really heard anything like them. Yeah, it's really, really dirty kind of. Yeah,
2: and it's one of those bands you go. Oh, that's them. Yeah, oh, I've heard that song so many times, and
1: yeah, a cool thing about this song that I didn't I didn't know um, is the drum intro is copied from uh, "Be My Baby" by the Ronettes. That doom, yeah, doom, 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 yeah, doom, doom. and if you put them side by side, they become such different songs. Like it's like yeah,
2: that's weird because
1: the Ronette songs so chirpy yeah, and so
2: probably not listen to it ever uh, again.
1: The juice of Mary change just kind of goes into this long, uh, distorted guitar yeah. So I I thought that was really really cool. I didn't realize that. No, that's
2: cool. Um, just like just like Honey Falls into a song to walk around to as well. It does, I
1: it really does. Nice song that makes you happy this is class oh right Um, okay Je Danse Dont Je Suis yes by Bridget Bardot yeah (laughs)
0: yeah
2: Not be happy when you listen to no. that. I recently became quite obsessed with yeah yeah music, which is like that mm-hmm. style that came out of um, France in the 60s. Mm-hmm. So, like Francoise Hardy and Bridget Bardot, Serge Gainsbourg, and just got a big playlist of it all on Spotify. And you just can't not.
1: No, it's cool. It's a proper, it, it, it is, it, it'd be like walking around. London in the 60s yeah is that Austin Powers kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that it's got going on and it, it's so do you know what it means I
2: dance therefore I am yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is such yeah.
1: a cool like yeah. yeah it's such a such a cool term yeah
2: like, and I don't know especially during lockdown I've just listened to it constantly and it's probably a bit of it being like happy but then a bit of it is like god wouldn't it be great to be in Paris mm. and I don't know if that's because you can't go to Paris or if mm. I actually really want to go to Paris Um so I listened to loads of that and then I find these bands who are like kind of influenced by Yeah Yeah but they're a bit darker. Mm. So there's like a band called Junior and I've been listening to them nonstop. stop and then I was like, oh, I want to go and see them and they're playing in Glasgow and I was like, oh fuck it, I'll just go and see them in Vienna. so big <laughs> to go and see them <laughs> in Vienna on my birthday. Fuck, what an
1: amazing, av- oh, that is. But it's a
2: tiny, tiny little venue and I'm like, oh. maybe it'll get moved to a bigger one but... I'm hoping a cool that's this What cool though.
1: Yeah. Going to see a French... Band. Yeah, yeah, band. In, in, in a Vienna. club in Vienna. Yeah. Jeez, a lot of James Bond films. <laughs>
3: like,
0: <laughs>
1: that's yeah. well cool. Um, but, that, that, yeah, the reason I brought it up with that Natalie that really is at this point, in the kind of 60s and 70s, it, it kind of goes different now, where you would be a, a singer would end up appearing in films... But in the 60s, you were a very successful actor, and then you just went, fuck it, I'm yeah, so I'm famous, I'm now. just going to release an album now. Now, Bridget Bardot, at least, she released tons of albums. Yeah. I didn't realise how many albums she yeah. actually released. And she was a good singer. Yeah. But you look back, like, Telly Savalas yeah. released an album. William Shatner released a shitload Shat- albums. Oh, yeah. Richard Harris yeah. had a really success. And you're kind of going... That was the power of them as celebrities. They just went... I'm not trained in this. I'm not even a particularly good singer.
3: Yeah,
2: I'm
1: releasing an album.
2: Well, the equivalent now is, oh, what's his name that does the DIY programs? The...
1: Oh, Nick <laughs> Knowles. Yeah, Nick Knowles. Nick yeah, Knowles yeah. has brought out yeah. an album. And Lawrence Fox. Yeah. <laughs> you imagine, but uh, and that was a huge thing, as well, but for a different reason. In when we were growing up, mm-hmm. because if you were moderately successful in one of the soaps. You would have a pop career as well. Yeah, it just followed on. Yeah, like Kylie started it. Kylie well, and Jason started. Danny was Danny. I thought Danny was. Was Danny was in Home and Away.
2: Yeah, but was she in Home and Away before she sang her? After, because the don't whole know. thing was was it not like Danny went for the audition and Kylie came along and she got the part? Like,
1: oh really? There's Neighbours?
2: No, it's either in Neighbours or there was like a talent show and they both went. Like Danny went for it and Kylie ended up. Wow. There's some beef. Minogue Beef. Mm. Um so don't Yeah, with, yeah, Danny. And then there was all the dregs of neighbours, wasn't there? Because Everybody released a fucking Henry, song. Henry. Yep. Craig McLaughlin. Yeah, he did Mona. And then Paul Stephen
1: Dennis. Yeah. What's his song called again?
2: Don't make you feel
1: good. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it do to make it feel good.
2: And was he, he was probably still wearing a shirt and tie. Yeah. It
1: was just awful. But everybody did it. And then British soap stars did it as well, because there was a fair few, like Martin McCutcheon.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Came from
1: Enders yeah. and had a successful pop mm-hmm. career. But then at the same time, probably like Sinatra was a singer first and then decided to be a an actor. Yeah. Elvis the same. He
2: still sang in the films mostly, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. I'm uh,
1: picking holes. I know but uh, it's such a such a such a good happy song
2: I love it I honestly can't get enough of it and um, even you know Charlotte Gainsbourg Mm -hmm. I've just been listening to loads of her as well and I suppose Unloved you know did the Kill and Eve soundtrack they're not they don't sing in French but they feel very French Um, been listening to loads of that and
1: yeah you can kind of tell because like i say this every week there are themes that appear through people's
2: oh, you psychoanalyzing yeah you and, it, and it's
1: bizarre and i don't even realize it until i've listened to them because i always listen to them in the car
3: uh-huh.
1: the playlists i make up for everybody that's on and then i suddenly go oh yeah like oh yeah and most of them are like yours are good yours are that kind of indie disco
3: yeah
1: but a hell of a lot of french artists in this
3: mm.
1: But it makes sense now maybe that you say I, you've been listening to yeah, that kind of stuff during lockdown. So
3: maybe
2: I, I don't know. I'll allow you to do the psychoanalysis. It's <laughs> the
1: want. It's. You've I think it
2: might be post Brexit.
1: Yeah, yeah. You've realised someone's
2: that. taken me away from France. As I'm a not person. even that tied to France. I mean, I've been a few times, but. As but person, you do doing duolingo feel... French, maybe that's... Oh, have you? Yeah, maybe that's... Maybe it is. Yeah, like yeah, you've five realized, minutes a day You or... realise
1: you don't belong in yeah. Glasgow. Your true home is... Paris clubbing, in the 1960s. Club... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, a small Viennese club. So maybe the... I need
2: to get a part in Midnight in Paris too. <laughs>
3: have you seen that?
2: No, God, no. Oh, that's really bad. Is it? So the the short version of the premise is that he's a writer... What what's his name from all the Wes Anderson films someone does really good impression him, in the downstairs bathroom
1: oh Owen Wilson yeah. yeah
2: so he's a writer and he goes to Paris and he's all excited about being Paris and every night at midnight he goes back in time to the 1920s and like hangs out with Hemingway and oh. Scott and Gerald
1: that's the same fucking premise as Goodnight Sweetheart yes with Nicholas Lindhorst yeah
2: they've stolen that they've stolen that yeah
1: like go of the most underrated British syncoms of all time. Yeah, it does sound quite, it does sound quite good actually.
2: It's an easy watch.
1: Aye, oh, aye. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, so from happy song mm-hmm. to sad song, uh, and you've picked Black Swan song by Athlete. I've been
2: Out. um and probably haven't listened to enough of them recently i need to go back and listen to it again but that song and i don't think i've seen them i haven't seen them live since they brought that album out but that is that you've listened to this it, mm. mm. It's a right big debbie downer It is. So his um, granddad's death. Yeah. Yeah. And he already did wires. Do you know about no, the I, sick kid? And that is quite horrific.
1: Wires is a heartbreaking. It's
2: process. a hard lesson, um. But this, mm. I mean, there's no no hiding the sadness. It's no. like such a diner because I'd looked at using it. Do you remember I did the Edinburgh show arrangements? Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that'd be brilliant. And I was like you can't can't play that no, at the end people like, would like, never like, go and see a show again yeah. like it is so heartbreaking and you're like who who can listen to that and not bawl their eyes out but I know, I know. Like, that should be a test of like a psychopath
1: they're a really good band for that actually yeah they're a really emotive band athlete crazy yeah there's a really cool thing because i was reading up on the because the whole album's called black swan
3: yeah
1: and um it's taken from this this idea, right? It's this theory. It's a paper that a guy wrote. And it's the idea of a black swan, which in medieval times, people would use a black swan metaphor for something that just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Right? So oh, that that's a, that's a black swan. And then an Australian discovered a black swan, an explorer <sighs> discovered one, and it fucking blew people's minds. Like, it, it generally made yeah. them question everything on Earth. Because... The way they had seen the world before that has now now completely changed. Because there's a Because that thing that didn't exist now does exist. Right, next song uh, is a song that reminds you of a friend or a family member or a particular moment in your life. And you go for staying Out for the Summer by Dodgy.
0: If I ever see you again, I will tell you.
2: So this song, every time I hear it, reminds me of one night where I had to do an all-nighter to finish my A-level geography project. Excellent. And because it was a bit of a prick and mediocre at everything, like I was trying to do it well, but also you got to choose like the topic of your a- A-level geography project. So people were doing like. Uh, desiccation in Merlock Bay sand dunes and uh, the volcanic history of the giant cause or something. I said I'm going to do mine about uh, buses <laughs> uh, in Ireland and how they serve the local populations. It's <laughs> just drawing all these like weird diagrams to show like how the population of towns in Ireland's related to the number of bus services. Wow! And of course, someone's done that before because yeah. that's how they organise their timetables. Time that's, that's town planning. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I did a whole project map, but left it to the last minute and just spent a whole night what? listening to like what a grim,
1: what a grim night that sounds. Yeah, but also bus routes. And
2: I was very focused because like, this is like. Almost the last thing I do, and then I finish school, and then you've got your exams, and then it was like big summer ahead, rodeo and <laughs> funny, and I was still working the funfair games at that time, and then I an knew after that I was coming to Glasgow, so it was like, yeah, that song was quite summery, and I knew the summer yeah. was like just around the corner. I just had to get this finished, and
1: I think it's the ultimate festival song.
2: Yeah they're a festival band oh god
1: think... that, that kind of there's, there's a proper sweet spot at a festival where it's around about four o'clock uh-huh. and the sun is not right up in the sky and it's not roasting people to mm-hmm. make them lethargic but it is just kind of sitting there just above the hills close to going away mm-hmm. and then a band like Dodgy come on and play this you just yeah. oh my god I don't want to be anywhere else yeah. in the world yeah
2: and that's that whole album has got like a real sixties, yeah, like summer, woodstocky mm. kind of vibe to it. Mm. Yeah,
1: it's good. I remember, um, I never, I never really did it at school, secondary school. Done the whole stay up all night doing something. Yeah, but I, at uni it was a constant. Yeah, every and I remember my dissertation, and I had left it so late that I basically had two days. To do it, mm. and it had now come to the stage where I couldn't put it off anymore, mm-hmm. or it would never get handed in. Yeah, and I, I think I tanned about three packs of Pro Plus, mm-hmm. and I don't like it, it, it. It's just a blur. Yeah, of just being so caffeined out of my head, and just desperately writing and trying to get yeah. stuff because it wasn't even I can't even remember if it was typed or not at that time. So yeah,
2: I remember handwriting essays through the night and, and...
1: oh my. God Almighty! Like, just so stupid. I know now, that
2: everybody does everybody it. Everybody does it. Aye. Yeah. I. I was invigilating an exam once, and this guy like took a complete whitey, and he was, uh, I think, probably the thing to do would have been to send him home. But um, I'm a good soul, mm-hmm. um, so I just there was just another spare room, and took him into a spare room, and it was just like, "What was happened?" And he said, "I oh, bought this stuff." off the internet like to stay up all night and i've stopped taking it and i was like well there's your fucking problem aye. isn't it <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. basics yeah have you got any in your bag yeah exactly let's get them in yeah,
1: yeah. let's go yeah. <laughs> yeah when you start buying st- when you start buying stuff off truckers these things kept me up for 60 hours yeah. straight. he
2: was having the big bad dread in aye. the middle of an exam
1: <laughs> right next one karaoke song yeah Stay by Shakespeare's sister
0: Yeah
2: Can't sing At all But like, At all so I think if you go for something that you can dramatise.
1: Yeah. Because it's quite a bold choice for someone who can't sing.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, it's a good song to sing badly uh-huh. too, Because people recognise that it's really difficult and you're trying.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, I have tried other karaoke songs, sometimes by Erasure. Mm-hmm. Um, Again a difficult song I Want to Break Free by Queen I feel like other people have chosen these songs for me for a laugh but I do have recollections of doing Shakespeare's Sister um, with various people um, and mostly just acting out the video
1: The video is the thing because I I really love this song Mm. Uh, the video is what makes this song Yeah um, if you've not seen the video, it's one of the best videos ever. It's be- basically like Marcella Detroit trying to save her boyfriend, but she can't save him. And then Siobhan Faye comes in as death yeah. to take him. Yeah, And there's this massive struggle between the two of them. Yeah. And he ends up living. And then yeah. Siobhan Faye goes away pissed off because she's not been able to take her soul. Yeah.
2: Who doesn't want to see that Cosmopolitan? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, there's a cool story about the video. Um they were filming it all in one day and uh, so they were they were gonna do the bit with Siobhan Faye at the end. Uh-huh. And she'd been kept about on state on a set all day for about twelve hours. So she'd pass the time by just drinking. So oh, she's filming like tanning vodkas. Yeah. So she was she was absolutely gutted by the time they came. And you can see it, like the way she, because she can barely stand and yeah. she just kind of sways in and then sure sways back up them. the stairs again. But it really works for the character, but she was just off her face. I
2: right, need to watch that again. As it's soon as it's really cool.
1: And and what they initially wanted to do was they were going to make this whole album. They were What they were going to do is they were going to do the first video album, right? Oh. And they'd bought the rights to a film that they'd seen which is called Catwomen of the Moon, <laughs> uh, about a load of astronauts that had landed on this planet and it was uh, inhabited by beautiful women with nefarious intent. <coughs> so they were going to make this entire video. All the songs were going to be based on this and then they realised it was going to cost too much. So this is the only one that they actually yeah did it about.
2: And that's the only song that anyone will know of the album. Exactly. I mean,
1: if- Exactly. But <laughs> I mean, Catwoman of the Moon.
2: We've all learned a lesson there. Catwoman Stick of the Moon. Stick with would your have been ideas.
1: An unbelievable yeah. film. Best cover song, mm-hmm. cover version of the song Heroes by Stereo total. immense isn't it? It's really good. French German. Yes. French German since band.
2: Yeah, but it's the thing you take a song that's brilliant and you can't make it better, so you just simplify it. Yeah. And it's great. Because yeah. they do um salt and pepper push it as oh, well. Oh nice. And it's really, really good. You're just like, yeah. Because they do
1: a lot of covers. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: think she's dead
1: she did She no I, I didn't realise this until I was researching it um, so they're made up by Francois Cactus Great, and yeah. uh, Bretzel Goring cool is, and she died yeah. she died of breast cancer uh-huh. just this year uh-huh. just a couple of months ago yeah uh, but you should
2: listen to them as well
1: hmm. they're
2: quite jolly Franco German
1: I didn't know they did Push It by Salt and Pepper yeah. that sounds fucking amazing just pop
2: that on as well
1: oh that sounds absolutely cracking yeah. Uh Best live song, song you've ever seen live, Motorcycle Emptimus by yeah. The Mannix.
2: I think it's just one of those songs that everyone hears just, like, the first note or two mm. and just goes mad because mm. they know what it is. It's the same with, like, like Mr. Brightside
3: mm.
2: or, like, Maps by Yeah, Yeah, yes. Yeah. Like, just the first second and everybody knows what it is and it's just, like, fff, fff, yeah. yes, let's have it. And it's not even that, like, raucous a song, but it's just, like, everybody is there.
1: I think the Manics are massively underrated. Yeah. I know know that people love them and they've been a successful band, but I don't think they've been as quite lauded as they should have been.
2: People just need to
1: look back on... I I mean, just so many... Mm -hmm. um, like They're one of those bands that if they were doing a gig and they had 20 songs, it would be genuinely difficult to narrow it down to 20 songs of what to play. Yeah. But this song, this song caused a real... Mannix fans were really pissed off about this song because it was used in a T Mobile advert.
3: Okay. And
1: it's a song about like anti-consumerism. Yeah. And it fit, and I don't know whether the Manics had any say in it. Probably not.
3: Yeah.
1: It would be the record company. Just. But it, just it. it just seemed like a kind of and it's they're one of the last bands that you would want to see selling out. Guilty pleasure. I turn to you by Mel C. Yeah.
3: I turn to you.
2: I love that album and her second album, like surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you would have looked at the Spice Girls in the time of the Spice Girls and thought she's the one that is going to be the most credible.
1: You think? Because she was always, she was always widely regarded as the best singer.
2: Yeah, but she was running around doing her kicks
1: and. Yeah, but I feel that was kind of. So manufactured that they all had to fit into that certain yeah. character, yeah. And they just decided that, probably because the fact that she was from Liverpool, they probably just went stick her on a tracksuit. Yeah, stick her on a tracksuit, stick her hair in a in a ponytail. high ponytail.
2: Yeah, And well, it seems unfair. Yeah, because she's she's the best mm. Spice Girl.
1: Now, that's just what I was going to ask you. Were you a big Spice Girls fan?
2: I was not. Mm. Um. I will admit to enjoying their Christmas outings. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we call them that? Yeah. And will happily listen to those again. But I wouldn't have said I was a fan. No. Um, Mel C. Now, I don't know if you remember the Virgin Megastore that opened on Buchanan Street. Yes. And Mel C... I, I want to say in a controlled manner, like came down the side of the building as part of the opening and then did a signing.
1: Well, absolutely. Yeah. Jesus.
2: And then did a signing, and I got a signed copy of that, that first album. And then, do you remember Travis did a gig on uh-huh. Buchanan Street? But you had to go, it was very limited, take it in. And I remember we stayed out. We'd gone out and we just stayed out and queued all night. They came and gave you silver blankets and things, all very dramatically, for sitting out in Buchanan Street. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you got a wristband, but it was like two days before the gig, and everyone was like, Ooh. "What if I like, damage this wristband?" Um, and then Travis played in Buchanan Street, and it was oh, that was a really good gig as well. It was up the hill, they were at the top. Of yeah, the hill. yeah, 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 yeah. Who's someone on, like, the very top of Buchanan galleries. Fuck. Yeah, that was quite frightening. But, was, but the whole was place was Yeah. <laughs> it, like, I <laughs> can do this now. <laughs> this is my she's thing. She's got a taste for it now. Yeah, I'm doing it.
1: <laughs> um, right. Rank, let's rank the Spice Girls in, terms, in of terms of talent.
2: Right. Talent for what?
1: Talent for... Well, ta- talent music. as a musician. Ah, talent as a musician. Not as a musician. Talent as a singer, talent talent as an artist, right. right? I'm assuming we're both putting...
2: Mel C at the top.
1: Mel C at the top. And I'm assuming we're both putting Victoria Beckham at number five. Yeah. Because her solo output was, was not, not good.
2: much. I mean, really, she said a few words along to somebody else's track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to say Jerry at number two.
1: I was gonna say Jerry because I I like a lot of Jerry stuff. Yeah, and Jerry kept where she went. She kept that kind of the kind of Spice girl stuff. She kept fun, fun songs. Fun, fun times. Aye, um, and some of them are good. Yes, I like sort of like the what's the kind of Spanishy one she does. Yes, Michiko Latino. Aye, <laughs> I, I think Jerry's Jerry had some good songs. Yes, she because she did. they um, did like Lift Me Up. Which yes that was a, kind that of was a good me, one which yeah a kind of that's a that's a goer but a goer yeah look at me which was a not look great look at me. not great and yeah. then the Michiko latino mm. mm-hmm. which was her la isla bonita yes says. yeah um so I, I think i think jerry kept kept the kind of persona she had after the spice girls but
2: not anymore because now isn't no. she like
1: sensible is she
2: she was on something recently and she's not like sensibly, happily married. Ah,
1: that's quite nice. She's married to Robbie Williams. No, she went out with Robbie yeah, Williams Yeah, I mean,
2: he was just finding... Uh, <laughs> right. Um, Number three.
1: I'm going to go with Emma Bunton. Yeah,
2: I would, because I was racking my brains out and I couldn't think of any of her singles, but equally I couldn't think of any of Mel B's.
1: Mel B's, I can't think of any of her singles. No. Um, I think Mel B went a bit mental. Yes. Uh, and. But She's Emma, had her troubles. Yes. Emma Bunton did a song with Tintin' Out. Emma went very, very cool. She did some very, very cool songs.
2: And we're, what she didn't see, this is a documentary waiting to happen.
1: I think Emma Bunton now is just happily being a, a mum. And just right. generally, I think I think she settled down. Normally, Mel C settled down. Normally,
2: well, no, she's still like she's still out touring and doing, like releasing singles, singing in her bathroom during a lockdown and stuff.
1: Ah, oh, yeah, and she had that single with Brian Adams as well. Yeah, which is awful. Yeah, but um,
2: but was there?
1: But the two, I mean, the two that went, Mel B, went fucking mental, batshit, and did she not, did she not father a child by Eddie Murphy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering, like, the Friends reunion, if they did a Spice Girls reunion, just because mm. I'd like a good nose at what they're up to. Oh, yeah. All of them. Yeah. But Victoria wouldn't go, would she? She
1: wouldn't go. She's going to need to. She's no. quite happy with the life she. Well, oh, David Beckham appeared in the Friends reunion. Yes. Which was weird. I find that really weird.
2: I found it a strange... So he's obviously very big in the States at the minute. Is yeah. he playing football still over there? Managing managers? No, or something? No, he's not.
1: I don't, know wh- I don't know whether he's doing punditry or management or whether he's just one of these ambassadors An for
2: ambassador. the game.
1: But uh, yeah, I found that weird. I found Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones yeah. suddenly popping up a bit weird.
2: Yeah, it was a strange yeah. line-up.
1: Did you like it, the Friends reunion?
2: Um. Yeah. I, d- I thought... It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, mm. but I quite liked them walking around the set and reminiscing and things. Yeah. It really put me off Friends. Oh, did it? Rather than make me want to go back and watch Friends again. Oh
1: wow, why? It's just
2: so sickening, isn't it?
1: I mean, well, I I see what you mean. I mean, it's, I still think it's, I still think it's the best uh, comedy yeah. of all time.
2: But you can see why. Like, did you see the bit where they were talking about? as they did it in front of the live audience and if something didn't land, they would quickly rewrite it Rewrite mm. it, and there was like 20 writers like huddled yeah, around. Aye, aye. You're like, yeah, I think if you put any 20 people together, they could oh, come God. up with a better line. So you can see why. Yeah, it was good in its time. Now I
1: just find it a bit. Just that American that American machine of writing. Mm. It just, it's like every single, every single time I have one of these open meetings where somebody from the BBC or somewhere will want to take you out for a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then they'll do that open-ended question of, so, any ideas? Any ideas. And go, well, does it really matter? Yeah. And then um, every single time I say I would love to do a topical show. Yeah. And the same half, half kind of Letterman, half yeah. kind of John Oliver yeah. type thing. Yeah. And then... They just go. We we couldn't do it because we would never ever pay for that amount of writers. Yeah. So you'd end up you'd end up essentially you and one other guy, Stephen yeah. Dick probably.
2: Yeah. Or like, like just people sending in like open yeah like an open door people sending jokes yeah. and then some person does just go through all the same jokes over and over again to find exactly. the one good joke. Exactly.
1: Aye. So the yeah. money behind it. So yeah, of course, Friends is going to have yeah that sheer amount of writers behind it. But I do I kind of do like that idea that they would keep doing the joke until they found the perfect one. Yeah. Well that's like the way that. to do
2: it. It's like stand up. It's like you give it a go if it doesn't work you try it slightly differently the next time. Yeah. So, like do it a couple of times it doesn't work you bend it. Yeah. And that's probably why it worked because mm. it's as like raw as a stand up. Like yeah. it's in front of a live audience and like I wonder like how that affects shows that aren't in front of a live audience. Like as a writer watching the crew's reaction and if the crew like exactly, the shoulders yeah. lift away a wee bit they go oh that's a cracker yeah or that's if, true no, like everyone just doesn't even realize it's a joke do they step in and go oh hang on a minute can i have half an hour to rewrite that yeah
1: that's true aye aye
2: don't know but
1: because you do you're on the border patrol
2: yeah sadly dead now
1: is it is it gone it's pretty much gone. Yeah, now. yeah. Nah, <laughs> Brexit's, Brexit's killed that Brexit's as well. Killed that. Ironically. Um,
2: but there'll always be a border. Yes. Um. Soft border patrol. Yeah. Is, so it's, give it its title. yeah, improvised. so You mm. you just do a seat You have a scene outline like a paragraph, and you just go for it. And if it's funny, it's funny. If it's not, it's not. And you go. You do like from different angles, like two or three times the same it's really easy and quick to make Mm. like it's the same as scott squad um which i've also been in mark um you just just have the outline so it's easy so there's no lines to remember bits to hit but there'll be like a story editor or whatever they'll come and say after first take oh that bit was really good can you make sure you land like that again but like do it this way whatever so Yeah, that's like,
1: yeah.
2: But you can't do. You couldn't make an improvised topical show because that's just a catch. Can can end up being shit. Yeah. Um. And also, there's because it's so quick to make. They can make so much of it, and then
1: yeah, cut the shite. Do you? So see, see if you do one take improvised, the next take, do you mix up? Do you try a different thing? To see if it works better or if something has worked really well but they want to get a different angle do you keep the same thing yeah
2: exactly yeah exactly and so the only bits that are really kept are like the way that you walk into the scene and leave the scene right and it's all very formulaic not that that's a bad thing like i am all i always approach the same two characters and then because you get used to working with those two people Mm. all the time you kind of know how to push them and um a bit of it is like trying to make them laugh you know so it ends up a wee bit like doing stand-up in a in a character um. so yeah that's it's just so quick like so quick to make because i think because i did scott squad in the in the break between lockdowns in september and I think we did like two, three takes of so the scene I was mm. in, that was it.
1: Oh, so you're in the most recent? Yeah. Squad. yeah. Yeah. I'm just
2: wrote for it as well.
1: Huh?
2: I wrote for it as you well. You wrote for it as
1: well. Yeah. You I wrote for the improvised T V show. Yeah, wrote Scarlet the storylines. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
2: but oh. yeah, that it is interesting that it's quick but also you can adapt it and change it. Yeah. So it's not like it's got that didn't work, scrap it. You have another go and you know, just try something slightly different or yeah. make something bigger or whatever
1: yeah um, if the makers of Scott Squads are ever listening to this mm. and uh, I do know who you are you all know who I am as well um, I yes I've never I've never been in Scott Squad. I, I reckon I'm, there's an interview with Billy Connolly mm-hmm. where he does with Parkinson where he talks about Braveheart yeah. and he says he's pretty much the only Scottish person in yeah. the world that wasn't in Braveheart that's I am I'm the only Scottish comedian that's never been in fucking Scots (laughs) God
2: I hope they get another series then it'll just be a whole series of you exactly yeah (laughs) you're the only one (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably why I got in the last one
1: (laughs) right next song A Hidden Gem yes and I'd never heard this uh, Digital Hair by the Lovely Eggs
3: yeah
2: So I've been listening to them a lot in lockdown. Again, maybe a bit of it is songs that you walk, it's like songs and they're quite angry songs. So they're like a softer kind of idols, if mm-hmm. if you've listened to them, it's quite shouty. But There's a line in that song um, the pigeons eat chicken from the streets that you're sick in and I thought that's just nice. poetry. That's lovely. Yeah, so it, I mean the album; it's all quite shouty and angry, but
1: it just fits
2: with fits with lockdown. It's a
1: proper, perfect week in a punk song. Play, sorry, punk song. <laughs> pump it's song. A proper punk song. Like if if you, I mean, because it only lasts two minutes, so it's, yeah, yeah. For me, it is a perfect <laughs> punk yeah, song. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I love, I love punk songs that are just angry, get in, yell, fuck yeah.
2: off. That's... Yeah, and there's another another one of their songs is like stuff that pisses them off. And it's like blah blah blah. You can go now. Blah blah blah. You can go now. Anthea Turner. You can go now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing.
2: So listen, listen to them. I just think they're spawned for, for lockdown.
1: They're a married couple.
2: Are they? Or oh, I did not know. Yeah. It. I can't yeah. even remember how I came across them. It nah. must have been like the way I listen to music now. is I like I just listen to stuff I know, or I listen. Radio Six, and if I hear something I like, I'll stick it on a playlist and listen to it later. And I think that must have been probably yeah. how I, I, found them. Yeah,
1: they're married a married couple, which explains the anger. That anger. Yeah.
2: You can go now.
1: Like, so I can imagine. I'm sure you can imagine as mm-hmm. well.
2: Just shouting.
1: Just can like, imagine. Can you imagine making? Uh,
2: a list of all the things you're angry about, and then and just anger, making Recording it but then the
1: coordinate with the person you live with.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> in your kitchen. So that's having like, been locked really... in for sixteen months. I mean, Jesus. Is
2: that passive aggressive?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my God, making your own wee Fleetwood Mac yeah. rumours album yeah. in the house. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, right, next song. One of your favourites. Absolute free rain. Yeah. You picked after hours by We Are Scientists. So
2: just listen to that at any time and it always reminds me as well of um i think i'll listen to that album a lot coming back from the fringe one year like on the last train back from edinburgh and it is a kind of late at night mm-hmm. let's just keep the dream alive yeah keep going kind of song and i like we are scientists so i really like them um but yeah that song's just great and it's a the acoustic version of it's brilliant as well
1: oh cool does that cause when I was looking them up, um, so the song, they wrote the song because when Mm -hmm. when they'd first become big, they were touring so much, but most of their pals were back in New York Mm -hmm. and they'd never ever see their pals for a night out unless they were doing a show in New York. But even then, by the time they got off stage, it was like 10 at night. Yeah. And then they'd have another city to go to the next day. So they'd be away the next day. So the only time they had was that 10 at night window to like 2 in the morning
3: yeah
1: and so it was it was a constant trying to find an after hours ah, bar okay and that they wrote that song basically so That's you could great. squeeze every last second yeah out of enjoying yourself with your pals
2: I mean it's the same kind of vibe as closing time
1: mm-hmm.
2: or um even Deacon Blue's Wages Day it's yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah yeah let's yeah let's yeah. just get out there and make the most of it kind of thing and
1: but they was saying in an interview that um it kind of works now because they've got a lot of friends in london now mm. and you'll have known been down to gig in london london is you have to find an after hours bar yeah. in london if you want to have a decent night out yeah especially being a comic though there's been so many times where i've come out of gigs and i've managed to get one drink after coming off stage yeah and then you go, right, where are we going to go for another drink just yeah. to wind down? Yeah. Fuck all. Yeah. But unless you want to go to a strip bar, yeah. which you don't really want to go to yeah. after, <laughs> straight or after your work. Or a karaoke
2: booth yeah. by yourself.
1: Yeah, you're buggered. Yeah. Because... The worst,
2: actually, is when you're getting that um, overnight bus back from Manchester oh. and the bar's closed and there's like a couple hours to wait for the... What do you do? Just sit in the bus station? Yeah, oh really God, bad. it's
1: grim. Because a lot of English, all of my English pals, they can't believe that up in Scotland you can't buy alcohol. After mm-hmm. ten, is it ten o'clock at night or eleven o'clock?
2: In the shops.
1: In the shops, yeah. Because I like we can buy any time we want, and I'm like, yeah, but our pubs are open. Our pubs can be open till three in the yeah. morning, so we don't need that. Yeah, well,
2: that's like one of the things, um, like I miss about gigging. And like you, you gig a lot more than me, but you know that you come out of a gig and you'll go, like, you just want to socialize, and so you like go to where there's another gig happening, mm. or. You know that a few of you will go to like nice and sleazys or something. I really miss that. Yeah. Like, during lockdown was like that kind of. I suppose that is the after hours. Yeah, kind totally. of thing
1: aye. it's just aye. It's just that that need to wind down mm. and be around people that know that have been just been on stage as well. Yeah. And know that you can't go home and just. Yeah. Because it's, it's got like a constant, a, a source of argument with me and my wife, mm-hmm. that uh, the idea that my work would be a thing that you'd then go and have a drink after. Yeah. She's like, nobody else's work like that. And I was like, yeah, but, it, it, like, it's different. Like, yeah. nobody else's work is the same. Like Yeah, I'm-
2: well, other people, like, get to five o'clock and then go to a pub. Exactly. Like, on a Friday. Exactly. So, like, it's your Friday. Right. Right. So the, the other thing is, the other thing that happens is if you've done a gig and there's nowhere else to go home, and you just go home, and it'll be, like, early hours in the morning, and you're just, like, like, going through music videos on YouTube and having a drink by yourself but you're like messaging all the other communities oh, in yeah. the same yeah. situation oh, geez.
1: Yeah, so you have a night out on text yeah. it's like oh god yeah. yeah
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've done
1: that yeah yeah oh <laughs> but, totally yeah. Uh, since we are scientists are from New York mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about because we, we went to New York we did uh, now this was 10 years ago maybe now not as long as that I want to say I can tell you 2014 so it was the night that Barack Obama was re-elected yeah, for so his we second could count term. back in yeah. terms so twenty 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 one 2021 was when no 2020 was when it's 2014 Biden, then Biden came in so Trump would have been 20, 2015
2: was it not four years
1: it was four years isn't it yeah
2: 2017 2013 then
1: no, we'd be 2014. 2014. No. <laughs> you know, wait a minute. Yes. No. What, what year is this? 2021. Yeah. So 2020 was Biden. 2000. This is
2: like perfect old people doing a podcast. De- 2016. <laughs> Hold on, I'll was go Trump.
1: and get my 2012. diaries. 2012. 2012. Right. So, yeah. So, editing point. Uh, <laughs> so, in 2012, we yes. went to New York. We did. For.
2: The New York Comedy. The New
1: York Comedy well, Festival. Well, you
2: went for the New York Comedy Festival and I just went and did some
1: mm-hmm. gigs. You did, you know, to do some cool gigs. Yeah. You did like, <laughs> yeah, you did like really, because I, I, I just did the gigs that had been organised. Yeah. And then spent I just the rest organized. of my time wandering about. But you did like gigs in like the West Village and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: and... I did the one, like the overflow from the cellar. It's mm. Greenwich Village Comedy Club. So I did that. I did a gig on Broadway. Which always oh, sounds impressive. But it was Broadway Comedy Club, that was quite good, quite a big club. And then I did like a real like hipstery kind of gig in a place called Beauty Bar. It's like a bar and on one side of the room is the bar, but the other side you can get your nails done. But oh it's, wow. Yeah. But it's not like it's not like a nail bar, it's like gritty with a back really cool back room. Yeah. And so that was quite good.
1: We because um, I had because i loved that trip like because yeah. we we stayed in Chinatown yeah and it was it's just like if you've ne- that was the second time i'd been to new york and you'd been before as well yeah. and if you've never been to new york it is genuinely like i've i've always said like there's only three places in the world i'd live and it's glasgow new york and barcelona right and New York is—it's like being in a film the whole time, all the time. Yeah, every single like even I even got excited like seeing one of the yellow school buses, <laughs> which sounds dodgy, but yeah. it was. Like, yeah. wasn't a,
2: but at <laughs> a fire station, and you think yeah, it's and Ghostbusters. Aye, <laughs> I, I know.
1: And then when you see when you go down an alleyway and you see steam rising from one of yeah, the grates in the ground, you go fucking hell, this is like. And uh, we we saw some great like we saw when we were in Chinatown we saw like a box of baby ducks. There was just just outside one duck, of the restaurants.
2: Duck-sized duck boxes yeah. <laughs> of ducks. <laughs> just in the just, just in the sun on the corner. Um,
1: yeah. But uh, but yeah, there was there was two things that because I remember that one because on one of the days we had off, the other guys who we were with two of them went to like a really really fancy bar. Yeah. The day uh, and the two of you went to. I can't remember you were. Do- I think you were doing work kind of things yeah. and hanging about. Because I met up with you later on. Yeah. But I just said I want to wander about myself. Yeah, I love it. Because wandering in New York is just incredible. Yeah. So I started off down. What looking out at the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And I'm I, I popped into a bar, every five blocks. Yeah. And it's generally one of the best days of my life because I, I think it was like I was in a Cuban bar. Uh-huh. And then I was in a really American sports bar watching baseball in the afternoon. And then it started when I got to Because I was meeting you just off Times Square, mm-hmm. and it started snowing. It was in the <laughs> middle of November, and I I filmed this and gone. This is this is. I'm in. I'm in a film. <laughs> yeah. this, it's snowing in Times Square. Uh, but yeah, and the other the other big memory I have was we went to a club mm. on the last night. Mm-hmm. Well, two memories. Two memories. Uh, first of all, because because it was the night we went. The night of the Barack Obamas. Yes. Re-election for his second term. Yeah. So we had gone over, and we'd gone over with uh, Tommy Shepard, who owns the Stand Comedy Club, and um, he's an MP now. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he knew I like politics, so he said, "Do you want to go to a bar on the first night we get there, and we'll watch the results come in?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds absolutely brilliant. Sitting in an American bar, watching the American results come in, it sounds excellent." And we went to the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. Just they were saying hello. And I just, we, we just wanted to see what and it was. And Shan,
2: Shan, was there as well? Shan Devon, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He's one of our friends from Edinburgh. Yeah, it was just uh, randomly there. Just randomly, in, randomly like, there, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we were in there and um, watching the results and I got talking to the guy at the bar and he said, uh, what are you doing over here? Chatty chatting And I was like, oh, we're doing a comedy show at uh, Stand Up New York. Uh, I'm from Glasgow, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, are you going down to see the show tonight? Oh, did you go down to see the show beforehand? And I was like, no. And he says, oh, Jerry Seinfeld stopped in to do a spot. And my heart just sunk. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm so gutted I've missed Seinfeld.
2: politics.
1: Yeah, totally missed Seinfeld. So he was like, well, there's a late show as well. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to sit and watch the results and sit at the bar. I was like, no worries. And there's a there's a table in the comedy cellar where all the comics sit. it's only for comics. And basically everyone has sat there. And... Uh, there was people then that I didn't... Re- I kind of knew from Comedy Central Roasts, mm-hmm. but I've gone on to be massive. Like, Amy Schumer was sitting at it. Yeah. And Ryan Yezelnick was sitting at it. I don't
2: remember that.
1: Well, uh, I remember it. yeah. Schumer, they were yeah. all there. And I remember hearing a voice behind me, and I was like, that's oh, fucking Chris Rock. And I turned around, and Chris Rock was standing there with a shitload of written notes. So I was like, Chris Rock's doing a late show. And... So I said to Tommy, "I was like, ah, listen, I'm going to go down and watch the show." And he was like, "What? You spend half your life in a fucking comedy mm-hmm. club. Why not sit and watch an election?" I was like, "Fucking Chris Rock, man." Mm-hmm. So we went down. Me, you, and Shan went down, and
2: Sarah got us on the list.
1: On the list, yeah. And we learned that Barack Obama had been re-elected while Chris Rock was on stage because yeah. a waitress had run down and gone. He's been re-elected, and everyone fucking standing yeah. up and hugging and going amazing. And then Chris Rock had one of the best lines after that because he went, yeah, Obama's been re-elected, which is kind of bittersweet for me because obviously I'm black, but I'm also rich as fuck. Yeah. But, like, yeah,
2: yeah. but yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. What I re- really remember from his set, like he was really trying out new stuff and it was quite rambling, but in the middle he just like ordered chicken wings and they just <laughs> brought them. Chicken wings and set them <laughs> beside him on stage because he must have done like an hour and a half or something. Oh, easily, and he got
1: heckled by an Australian guy yeah, halfway and, yeah. and didn't deal with it. Like you, did, you, you, were kind of watching the master here. Yeah. And then I, I remember thinking, I'd have dealt with that better. Yeah, I but. don't. I
2: really don't think he was expecting it because no. he was just rambling along through, yeah. through new stuff. But I was like, that's why I'm going to aim for now the ability to order chicken wings oh, and Yeah.
1: And the other memory I have in New York, which you can tell is when we went to a nightclub yeah. on the last night.
0: Mm.
2: I'd seen it on, <laughs> I think, Google Maps or something, and it was like the nearest club to the Airbnb we were staying in, and it was called Happy Endings. No, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's come up in a... Oh, what's says He's Ansari's Master of None. Yeah. There's a scene where he's walking along with his pal, and they say something about going to happy ending and i'm like and they are are in that area and i'm like is that the same club but i've never looked it up to see if it's still there but it was we were the only white people there shall we say and i was uber
1: uber white really white people like like i was wearing a cardigan two scottish (laughs) people and an irish person yeah and we were really white yeah
2: I was wearing, I think, every item of clothing I'd brought with me because it was snowing. Mm-hmm. Somebody stopped me on the stairs and told me they really liked my style, <laughs> and I've been living off that <laughs> <laughs> since then. Since then, mm. but it did feel a little dangerous, but also quite fantastic. But really? you were wearing your suit, and
1: I wore my suit, yeah, because I'd it, been on stage. Yeah, that night, yeah,
2: and I think someone tried to buy drugs off you they tried or to try sell me drugs sell you drugs yeah.
1: yeah a guy a guy came up and tried to sell me coke uh, and a huge like huge fucking black dude just came up and spoke exactly as I would want him he was like hey yeah. brother like and uh, and then tried to sell me coke and i was in, i was in two minds because i was kind of going this is a story yeah and also i'm an america so I don't want to get, no. <laughs> no I want way. to also come back to <laughs> yeah, America sometime. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, that club was just like, because when I looked it up afterwards, it was an old like brothel mm-hmm. and apparently like I didn't see them, but there's like waist height showers like, <laughs> on the wall,
1: Fucking hell. but it was brilliant. Oh, it was such a class night. It was so
2: good. But I don't think it was the same night. We went to the Comedy Central party and everyone got out of the taxi and I was the last out of the taxi and everybody went into the party and Robin Williams was outside. Oh my God.
3: Um, I didn't know this. No,
2: but because no one believes me, but I just stood like in shock at Robin Williams and he looked so unwell. It was like Uh. quite sad and everybody was getting selfies with him and I was like, well I won't, I will, I won't do. and it felt a bit not right to do it so yeah. I didn't but it's like a big regret that I could have had a Aye. selfie so he'd obviously just come out when we were yeah going in Yeah, but it did look really unwell
1: um, yeah, Roman has actually killed himself uh, a week after that um, <laughs> I blame <laughs> you early <laughs> because
2: I didn't ask for a selfie <laughs>
1: sorry everybody <laughs> right, closing track to end off the playlist and any evening The Universal by Blur.
0: Do
2: you not think it's just like a good one to just reflect on the day or slash evening and go... That's that now, but wasn't that nice?
1: It's so good. Um, I I put it down as one of the the death nails of Britpop. This song.
0: Oh.
1: I've got because basically Britpop's music, I think, was killed by OK Computer. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm blaming Radiohead or because I love that album, mm-hmm. but it was that where that kind of that that time of music ended. We, uh, Radiohead came along with something completely different and that was Britpop done but I think this was the end of Blur as a Britpop band this song because it was too good it was too good and it was also completely different to yeah. most other things on the Great Escape album and then after that they came back with their yeah tender Weezer esque yeah. song too and stuff like yeah. that um, but it, it's such a good song it's yeah. just it
2: just does feel like the end of an evening yeah. song though it's amazing it's like, it's a bit like lounge music. Yeah. Like, just sitting in a hotel bar, mm-hmm. having a whiskey mm-hmm. by yourself because there's no other comedians. Yeah, yeah, And you have yeah. to get a flight at six.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Where Where did you stand in the Oasis blur battle?
2: I think I was probably Oasis um, because I definitely listened to them more and bought more of their stuff. Like, I remember in one of my trips to Dublin specifically going to Golden Discs to buy What's the Story but also like in one of the I think the first time I heard them was on one of the free tapes with Select magazine and it was cigarettes Mm. and alcohol and just was like Yes thanks. Yeah. Because it was really not Brit Pop. Yeah. It was it was
1: Sixties Rock essentially.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like a like a punk with yeah. a slight edge taken off it or something, I don't yeah. know. Um I don't know. yeah. It's weird that they were put against each other when they were so different.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Really it was sense. it was a completely media manufactured.
2: Yeah. Well actually battle. I'm reading um, it's called lunch with the uh, something or other's Phil Average, who claims to be or has been put on him as being the PR that invented Britpop. All right. So I've st- just started like his book this week, so that'll be interesting to see where yeah. that comes out of than that.
1: Yeah, but I think it, even even by this stage, Blur, kind of knew which way they were going, and they kind of knew that they were going to get a bit more experimental, which yeah. I think. As much as I love Be Here Now, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it is a phenomenal album, Be Here Now, I think Oasis... Oasis Oasis were just consumed by the sheer size of their fame. Yeah. And the fact that they were doing so much drugs and the fact that they were given so much money.
2: Yeah, and that, so much confidence. Because
1: when people, when people slag off Be Here Now and go, it's, it's overproduced, it's pompous, it's overlong, there's too many songs, and you go... They were the biggest band, and yeah. what the fuck did you expect yeah. them to make? That's the that's the album I that's the album I'd want them to make. Yeah, they weren't stage. like
2: an underground. No, of yeah. course
1: not. This isn't the same as when they did. Definitely, maybe this isn't songs about people struggling. Mm-hmm. They're they're rock stars. They're yeah, huge, they're, huge they're, rock stars. Banners. Of course, they're gonna make this. Of course, yeah. they're gonna do a song with helicopters at the start, <laughs> yeah. the last six and a half minutes. Of yeah. course, they're gonna do
3: it.
1: Like, yeah. um, this song is. About because that again I, I love reading into yeah. what songs are about. This song is it's about Prozac, but it's about it, wow. It's about a thing that's a futuristic successor to Prozac, which is basically a pill that uh, it kind of provides artificial happiness.
2: So is that the ultimate Prozac,
1: the ultimate Prozac, because it, it provides artificial happiness to everyone that takes it. And the majority of people will take it, but it takes away the stigma and suspicion over why someone is uh, on Prozac. Okay. So I was like, "That's really really." That
3: is really clever.
1: Yeah, and it was when it, when when I was reading an interview with David Olbourn about it, and he was talking about like that kind of. It was the term "artificial happiness." Yeah. And as as someone who's taken antidepressants uh-huh. since I was eighteen years old, I kind of that 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 kind of proper hit me. And the the guts, artificial happiness. The artificial yeah. happiness. I was like, oh my... Because I'd always seen it as something that I needed to, yeah, like to a, get through.
2: A, almost like if you... like To compare it to like a physical problem, mm-hmm. like a crutch or a sling, Yeah. rather than a new arm or a new leg. Yeah. It's like...
1: It's a just, support it's a, that's a perfect word for yeah. it, a support because you wouldn't call you wouldn't someone in a wheelchair you wouldn't call someone's wheelchair artificial legs yeah like it's something that they ar- need because, artificial mobility yeah it, it, so but yeah the artificial happiness i was like but i suppose it is because it is
2: yeah well i guess it isn't it isn't because there's so many aspects because like i took antidepressants for fucking ages and I only came off them last September because I thought that was a really good idea to do that not yeah. <laughs> when yeah. Um but it's so many other things, like it's not just happiness, it's like the anxiety side of it and like it is like depression is physically debilitating mm. like people don't don't realise. So I don't yeah, I don't I I see where you've come from, but I guess It's the often, artificial world. It's the artificial, it's the artificial- artificialness artificial happiness because i like if you think about that for long enough you could take it the whole way around that it's the people that are denying themselves antidepressants that are having artificial happiness because they're trying to build it it, it and not having
1: it it's one of the main things that people argue against when they're talking about the thing that antidepressants Mm -hmm. where they go it's not actually solving anything it's essentially just putting you in this almost zombie like vegetative state where yeah. you're not actually happy, you're just not feeling sad, you're just not feeling anything. Yeah, which I've never agreed with. No, because I, I don't, I've never subscribed to the idea that people are so against medication mm-hmm. that they go, Well, there's other things you can do, why aren't you running? Why, yeah, aren't you, yeah. why aren't you eating well? Why aren't yeah. you getting more sleep? And you go, yeah, I've tried all those fucking yeah. things. And also, those are very I, I need help with this, so
2: temporary. Yeah, like quick fixes, yeah. which it, like an artificial happiness pill would be, because I imagine that would be you take one, and within an hour, you've got your artificial happiness whereas with antidepressants that's not the case you have no. to take them for a long time yeah. before you have any effect and it's not an effect where you go "Whoa, oh, hey yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. me happy now yeah. it's just like oh oh i can leave the house today. yeah exactly it's yeah, yeah. not artificial help. it's like oh, it's like an artificial average well-being yeah.
1: no you're, you're absolutely right it's not an instant kind of because like, cause artificial happiness does make it sound like you do take it and then you're fucking whistling zippity-doo-dah. Yeah, and skipping down the, the street. Hour, yeah. but where it is a kind of thing where you go, right, yeah. I can actually get dressed today. Yeah, that's like a, artificial
2: yeah. existence, yeah. but then...
1: Ecstasy, that's artificial yeah. happiness. That
2: yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what are they... What this song's shite. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah, the I'm just like... <laughs> We turned that around quite quick, didn't we? I know. We to think of a different.
1: Yeah, but uh, it's still a great song, and I, I, I generally a, yeah. don't think it's like I th- I think I don't I don't think either of them, either, the David Auburn or Graham Coxon or the Cheese Cunt. Yeah. Would have uh, I, I don't think that or Dave Rowntree and Alex yeah. Alex Jones no Alex Jones. Alex. Alex. Uh,
3: cheese
1: cunt. I don't think <laughs> Alex cheese cunt. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't imagine James. Say, the, the, Alex James. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't imagine they would have anything against antidepressants either. But it is, is a very interesting idea that there could be this futuristic that pill everybody that everybody would it. just make everybody happy. Do
2: you know? I think it's like universal income, isn't it? And it would do everybody good. And there are a lot of people that are probably in denial of that they need an artificial happiness pill mm. because they've got artificial here we go, off off one because they've got their artificial happiness from what they think happiness is but yeah. in reality they're not actually happy so they're like oh I've got fucking like Land Rover in my drive or you know I've got a big house or a shopping I was gonna say John
1: Lewis. <laughs> John Lewis. That's, the, <laughs> that's my
2: aspirations. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the height of what Elaine Malcolmson thinks is extravagant John Lewis. <laughs>
2: um, anyway, you know what I mean? there're a lot of people trundling along through their lives thinking that they're happy, but if they took a step back, yeah. they're they're not. Yeah. But we are.
1: We are. So sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we are when we get back and we elect to Sit and watch YouTube,
0: <laughs> videos, yeah. and
1: text each other. Because <laughs> this this has been, I didn't even mention it at the start. This has been the first in person yeah, podcast i have done, are. which has been it's been nice because we're we're now free, Glasgow people. Mm-hmm. At, this, at this time, yeah, we are now free, no longer riddled. By the time this goes out, we'll have had the fan parks at the Euros, yeah. so we'll probably be we, never we'll never see into each a, other again. We'll be into a new level five, yeah, uh, but
2: we're not allowed. To leave your bathroom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've got a show ID to take your bins out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much indeed for this, well, Elaine. Thank you. It was cracking. So much fun. Cheers. And that's that. Episode six done. Thank you to Elaine for uh, joining me on the podcast Uh, she was a cracking cracking guest Uh, i'll be back with another brilliant guest next week Uh, a couple of things to plug Uh, i currently have edinburgh festival shows on sale we'll be doing them at the corn exchange um all four that i've put out so far have sold out unbelievably so we are open to add another three dates so i'll announce them on all my social media stuff which should be on the podcast description i will uh, if you go to edfringe.com and then search my name all the dates should be coming up so all those three new dates should be going on very very soon Uh, follow elaine on all of her uh, social media links that'll be in the description listen to her playlist i've made up on spotify that'll be there as well Please follow us on Twitter at PerfectPlayPod. And apart from that, I'm trying to think what else I need to say. Uh, Yeah, just keep listening and keep spreading the word. Um, We got loads and loads of listens to uh, Daniel Slossy's episode, uh, which was fantastic. And uh, if you are enjoying it, Please uh, spread the word. Please leave a five-star review and please write a re-review because it really, really helps for more people to get to know about this podcast. Uh, I'll be back next week with another fantastic guest. But in the meantime, I will leave you with the words of the wonderful, the beautiful Bridget Bardot, who said, Only idiots refuse to change their minds. See you next week. Bye-bye.